inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers simple step-by-step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high-quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks, and together we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and the dotted lines. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about math rotations. I'm purposefully not calling them centers because they are true rotations of students from one station to another during your math instruction time. But maybe you could use these tips today as a modified version of your language arts centers and call them language arts rotations. Although I've discussed at length language arts centers in episode five, parts one and two, as well as in my center system course, which is located on my website at pagehendricks.com. So by the end of this episode, I promise you will have five tips to set up simple math rotations or language arts rotations for your classroom of students. And stay tuned for the cut that out section of this podcast, where I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the topics we talked about and use them right away. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, This episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. The inspiration for this podcast came from an article that I wrote in the Pueblo Chieftain by Austin White, and it's called A Game Changer, Half Elementary Math Rotations Help Keep Students Engaged. And the link to the entire article is included in the show notes. This article was dated mid-December 2020, roughly one year after the COVID-19 pandemic began. And I think that's important to note because Half Elementary, located in Pueblo, Colorado, decided to work toward engaging their students while online by providing math rotations. First, I'll talk about what these teachers accomplished online, and second, I'll discuss how this can be accomplished with in-person learning in the classroom. The staff at Half Elementary had noticed a steady decline in student engagement during the lessons that were online and in person over the past 20 years, so this was a problem that they were well aware of. And during the pandemic, Half teachers didn't want their students to fall behind in math class or become even more disengaged, so enter the concept of math rotations. And here's how their math rotations went. And I highly recommend this format for yours as well, or even for your language arts center rotations, another version of language arts centers. As always, I've made these directions work into a top five model, so you're most welcome for that. Here we go. Number one, 
Meet the whole group of students together for 15 minutes to go over any announcements, any directions, and any goals for the rotations. I think it's really important to always start in whole group format so that you understand and everyone in the classroom understands what's expected, what's being covered, what's going to happen, where they need to go, where all the materials are, etc. It's just like home base. And I think it's important to always start and end on home base. Number two, pre-assess the content and divide the students into a group with similar level peers. I've talked about this before, and in order for this to be accomplished in real time, I would hand out the pre-assessment during the whole group time and have the students complete super short assessment, two to four, or if it's five, really, really, really short questions. Then I'd have a place in my classroom or a link on my Canva page or PowerPoint or breakout group for the students to go and check their answers. Or if you wanted to make your 15-minute home-based time just about the pre-assessment and checking the answers, then that's fine too. You could be standing there to ensure this is accurate, or you could be in the breakout room already if you're online and doing this in an online format waiting for students. But you want to make sure that you've pre-assessed everyone about what's happening that day so they know where they're supposed to go and who they're supposed to work with. And you also know what they know, where they're supposed to go and who they're supposed to work with. Number three, the students break into three or more activities. Activities can include games, interactive videos or questions, pencil and paper instructions to do something, among other options, but quick work, All rotations should last only about 15 minutes each, because if you're doing a 15-minute whole group time at the beginning, three rotations of 15 minutes, you're already at an hour, and that doesn't include the time it takes for you and everyone to switch. So if you only have an hour for math class time in your schedule for a day, then 15 or 12 to 15 minutes per uh, session is really where it's at. So take note of what half elementary teachers did and make these lessons and these um, activities really, really short. This is how I would organize it and put these directions right on the table where the students are checking as well as posting them out in the break room on the computer or if you're doing this in a whole classroom setting in person, then I would make sure to put it on the whiteboard or on the smart board or a bulletin board or something. Say you have four questions on the pre-assessment. All four questions are correct. You go to the blue group, and that's station one. If you get three out of the four questions correct, you go to station two, and that's another color. Say it's green. If you have two out of four questions correct, you go to station three and say that's uh, yellow. And if a student only has one of four questions correct or none at all, then they come to you and you're the teacher group. And everyone knows this routine um, for the day and you can keep it, the colors the same. You can um, call them different things. I would just make sure that the students understand where they need to go. It's important really that they know where they need to go. And 
Side note, it's also important to know that every day the students are probably going to go to a different group to start because one day they may not know the content as well, but tomorrow they may know the content extremely well. So make sure that you remind the students that this is just today's work. This isn't their forever rotation station. This isn't their forever group. That groups are going to change all the time. They may even change every single day. So um, students understand this and they have the concept of just doing really good work and being honest about their pre-assessment so that they are able to complete the activities rather than um, I'm in the high group all the time, I'm in the low group all the time, I'm in um, the group with so-and-so all the time. It's important for you, the teacher, to create the culture of students being um, mixed up and, ch- and groups changing all of the time so that students really get used to this idea. Number four, ensure one group is always with the teacher during small group instruction. It's really critical for you to see all of the students who not only need additional instruction and were not able to successfully complete the pre-assessment well on their own, but it's also important for you to know where all of your students are. So not only these students who are not able to do um the content for the day, but also the students who were very much able to do the content for the day. You need to see these students too, because you need to know where everyone is all the time and work um, based upon where these students are in their academic level. So I would most definitely begin rotation number one of the period with the students who received a one or a zero out of the four or five questions or however many questions you gave on that pre-assessment. And you could work it so you see the students who got a four out of four correct on um, the pre-assessment. But if you don't see those students every day, that's okay too. So what you do, what I would do is I would always make sure that I would saw, I would see every day the lowest students of the day uh, academically on the topic. And I would always make sure I would see the middle students of the day. And then I would make a point to make sure that I saw every other day, perhaps the students who were excelling on the content um, on a regular basis. So you may want to make yourself a little sticky note. I did that for my first year of teaching, just to remind myself every day, I want to see the students who need the extra support and the ones in the middle of the um, support system. And every other day, I want to check in with those students who are at a higher level in the academic content so that I made sure by the end of the week, I had seen all of my students and I understood where all of my students were. This should be easier instruction for you if you keep that idea a constant and um, your students will know then wherever they are at they, uh, the group that gets a zero or a one on the pre-assessment is going to come to you first. And um, whatever order comes after that, you know, everybody just sort of goes with it. Number five, come back together as a whole group to debrief, answer any questions, turn in the work or whatever else you feel is need. Do not, do not skip this step. We often, as teachers, don't allow our students to come back together after a break or an activity. And it's super important that you do this because you want to make sure that you know 
um, any insider information on what happened in the groups, especially if you're doing this online and the groups are going to different rooms or spaces, um, what went well, what didn't go so well so that you can adjust it for the next time. Um, if the apps were working for that day, if there was um, not enough pencils uh, to do the worksheet or the pencils weren't sharpened, who was working well together, who didn't get their work done, etc. So it's really important that you come back and debrief um, and talk with your students and have your students talk with you about what happens. This sounds pretty easy, right? It sounds like it's something that is um, usable and easy and five steps, and it can really be um, a great format for doing uh, rotations in your classroom. And they can be used, these uh, instructions can be used for any type of, of content area. They can be used for math, but also um, you could try them in language arts, social studies, and science. But here's some other insider tips I have for you to make sure that everything runs smoothly. First, Practice this all together without content just to ensure that your students know what to do, they know where to go, and they know what is expected of them. This practice is really important, especially for um, younger elementary students, but even a reminder every so often for your upper elementary students, it's a good idea to practice. And if you're doing this as a grade level and with your teacher teammates, maybe practice with them so that um, you guys can get all of the kinks worked out before you add your students to the mix, especially if you're doing this online and you're having the students go to breakout rooms. Make sure that all of the breakout rooms are accessible for all of the people involved. Make sure that all of the apps are working. Everything is working. Everything is up. Everything is ready to go. Second, watch your time. I always set a timer and I stuck with it. And there's so many timers you can get online or if you're in a classroom, even just having a regular plain old kitchen timer that dings is totally fine too. You don't need anything fancy or special. You just need to make sure that whatever time you allow for each activity that you stick to it. So if each rotation is 15 minutes, like I said, 15 minutes times four rotation, that includes one being you, 15 minutes to debrief, 15 minutes for a whole group, that's an hour and 30 minutes. If you don't have that kind of time, try 10-minute rotations. That would be an hour total, including a whole group at the beginning and debriefing. If you even still don't have that kind of time for the day, figure out what your rotation needs to be. So do some quick math on your own, but make sure that whatever time you choose, you have uh, activities that are appropriate for that time. You set that timer and you stick with that. Third, make the stations simple. This is not where you should be spending your time. Games should be brief. Any extra practice or worksheets are truncated and shortened. Your mini lesson is really just the facts. And if you don't, don't, don't have to work hard finding these things, uh, you can put in one activity, a deck of cards. You can put um, in another activity station or rotation, a game that you have that the students play. And maybe because they don't have a whole lot of time to complete the game, the next, uh, group of students that comes into that game um, has to finish it and see what happens at one app, you know, really simple stuff. Um, a part of a worksheet, you could cut a worksheet into like three sections, bam, you've got three rotations for the day for three days in a row. So don't work hard, make these uh, stations and rotations super simple, make the content easy and accessible for your students. 
And fourth, remember that a smaller amount of time in each station yields less, but more succinct content. So you may find that you'll get through the content a bit slower than if you were to teach something whole group, but your students are going to know the content much better by doing this uh, idea in rotations. So pick your poison. Sometimes I would do a whole group instruction for a few days if I needed to make sure that that content, especially in math, everyone had to know we had to get through this content and make sure we knew it well so that we could build upon it in the next lessons or the next chapter or even the next unit of the text. But if we were just going through sort of those lessons, you know, the ones that are just extra practice or extensions of a topic that we already knew, that's when I would put in these math rotations. So you don't have to do math rotations every day. That's my fifth one. Fifth tip, pick a day to do math rotations where you need to review or you need to build, like I said, upon a particular topic. Ensure your students really understand the lesson, or if there's a way that you want to push your students to see their limits mathematically at the time, so maybe once or twice a week, that's really ambitious. Or maybe you try it just once a math unit, which is probably better, feels better for a lot of us. But it's this is not an everyday thing. This is a thing that you would put in purposefully into your math um, content and your math lesson planning so that the students would um, know that this is the time when we need to work on this topic a little bit more. This is the time where I really need to push you guys and see what you know mathematically. And it just sort of breaks up the monotony of a whole group instruction every day for math class. So why did the math rotations work for the teachers at Half Elementary when they switched to remote online learning? Because the teachers at this elementary school, they did these math rotations before they went, uh, before COVID happened and they went completely online. One teacher noted, I was competing with video games and technology and I realized I needed to make my lessons shorter, more engaging, more active and lively. Especially now, kids have so many different things going on at home, and it's really important for students to be engaged and doing something rather than staring at a teacher on a video screen or even in person. I think that's super poignant and purposeful here. So these shorter, more engaging, more active and lively lessons are what students also need to keep them moving forward in their learning. And we as adults need that too. And you as a teacher need this too. So it's a win-win for everybody. But remember, no stress, not a lot of prep. Take your time, do it simply and easily for you and for your students, and it can make a really, really big impact. I think the same can be true for in-person learning too. Shorter, sometimes more engaging mini lessons can really help your students stay on track, work smarter, be more engaged in what they're learning about, and keep that learning moving forward. So did it work for half elementary teachers? The short answer, yes, it did. One teacher said, I really have noticed the kids more engaged. They're turning in more assignments, their eyes are on the screen more, and it's because we're moving fast and we're doing different activities. So amazing, so awesome. So consider adding math rotations to your repertoire, either before the end of this school year, after a school break, or even sometimes next year. It may be a good way for your students to remain engaged in the learning and just get more math done. So here are the five recommendations for math rotations again. Number one, 
Meet the whole group of students together for about 15 minutes or a bit less to debrief and make sure everybody's on point. Number two, pre-assess the content and divide students into a group with similar level peers. Number three, have the students break into three or more brief activities or however many you can fit in your time allotted. Number four, ensure one group is always with the teacher during small group instruction. And remember, I highly recommend that group is your uh, lowest group for that day and your middle group. And finally, number five, Come back together as a whole group at the end to debrief, answer any questions, turn in work, or whatever. So there you have it, five efficient and creative recommendations for you to consider implementing during your mathematics rotations or any rotations, language arts, social studies, science, whatever. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, I hope these five recommendations will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Before we part, this section of the podcast called Cut That Out is one I do every time. Here I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the five recommendations in your math class time. You can find the handout on my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E Hendricks.com along with today's show notes. Thank you so much for joining me this week. To review key takeaways from today's episode, and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E hendricks.com. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to Get Off the Dotted Line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you. Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time.